How are you? I'm amazing. Are we going? <laughs> yeah. This is a new format for us, for sure. I'm excited. Because it's like no editing, no cuts. Mm -hmm. I'm excited, too. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this for almost a full year now. Like a we, full year? We talked about doing a podcast together. The when day we, we the met The day each we other. met in the car. I picked Mason up from the airport, and we were driving up to Banff for the NFT gathering, and... It was brought up in conversation about how cool a podcast would be. That was more related to in the space that we're in at the time, though. And now we've got the Gold Pod. So welcome to the Gold Pod. Yes, welcome we to the Gold Pod. We don't have a proper <laughs> intro or anything yet. We have our sign right here. It's going to be hung up soon. And we're just trying to bang out a, a first episode here for you guys. Yeah. So th in the episode, though, we'll be covering, we'll kind of be interviewing each other back and forth a little bit. And letting everybody know get who to we know are. us outside of it's what you guys know us for already. So many people think that we're just uh, crypto influencers and crypto content creators, and that's all we do. Mm -hmm. And that's just not all we do. <laughs> we do a lot more and we have a lot, lot more, more value to bring on yeah. all different topics. The thing is, it's going to be hard for us not to want to look at the camera. Like we're in a YouTube ask, video. Do you want us to look no. at the camera? Do you want me to? Do you I don't think, just... I think it should just be, so. Right. Goodbye camera. <laughs> this is going to be a conversation between, what would I call yes. myself on here? I am, I'm sitting in Mason versus Luce. Yeah. Ooh. Mace, like that, it's, this is not Crypto Mason. No. Right? At all. This is a crypto separate. Crypto Mason is such a, like we have these names and I feel like everybody that we know in the crypto space and in these spaces have, you know, their screen name yeah, and that's how they're identified. But that's really just that character to a point. I mean, it is who you are, but at the same time, it's your character for online, yeah. right? Personally, I go by my BZK and I'm sticking with that for now more the Why less because that? I'm a mom. I have Jet who's nine. And when I first got into this space, it was really a security thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are weirdos online, like really, really weird. And the more I'm online, the more I'm realizing that. And so that's more of a security measure. I mean, it's really not hard to find me just with MMA and yeah, well, do, having do done think... other things. But Meg BZK is, you know, parts of my name. So that's what it's going to be for now. But do you think that is going to hold you back in the future when if you do want to go on a TV show or something or uh, there, do something bigger than just Meg BZK? There's going to be a time and we may even be getting close to that time where I do start using my full name. Mm -hmm. There very well may, that, may be that time. I'm just not there quite yet. Yeah. And yeah, it's one of those things where it may not be that big of a deal, but to me it's just something that I've created this whole brand around Meg BZK but yeah. it is really crypto and NFT and Web3 focused right now. But at the mm. same time, there there is that other side of MegBZK. The cool thing is, like I recently saw, I think I showed it to you, Lady Gaga, in her acting roles, she goes by Lady Gaga. Yes. She does not go by Stephanie or whatever her right. real name is. She literally goes by Lady Gaga. And I think that, like, her explanation for it was amazing. And she wants to, like, she has committed and sacrificed parts of her life to be Lady Gaga. Yeah. She is Lady Gaga. She's tapped into that, fully yeah. tapped into that. But it's super hard to do. Like, that is super hard to do. Why Why to do you keep... think that is, though? I don't know. But... Because I, see, and you, I kind of have a different perspective on that because I do go by Meg BZK, and that is 
me, but yeah. you are showing me that that is really Web3 brand as well. But yeah, I, I'm kind of with her on that side of things. Like when you do tap into that and that's who you are known as. Yeah. It's... So the thing is, I always say for me, I have like, it's like Crypto Mason is like a cardboard box falling from the sky and it landed half on me. Yes. Because out of my social medias, I have Mason Versluce on my Instagram, Mason Versluce on my Twitter. Yes. But then I have Crypto Mason on my TikTok and Crypto Mason on YouTube. And you wish it's, they were all the same. I, I, if we want to get into regrets, <laughs> some regrets we, uh, I have are is going by Crypto Mason at all. Yes. So that's where when I tell you or we, when we talk about Meg BZK versus your full name, that's where it comes in because I know I had that regret. So you've explained why you go by that. Yeah. What would even the change look like? Because a lot of people have like a personal account. Right. And then like a crypto brand account. And it's kind of gotten to a point with my Instagram. Like I have my personal Instagram, but I just don't post on there anymore because anything I share, I am sharing with everybody that follows me and kind of the community that I have built. So Mm -hmm. It's really just a matter of time, I think, before it does get changed. And that's going to really come down to being verified because I think that's one of the rules when it comes to Instagram verification is your full name will have to now match what is on the screen. And so if that's the case, then that's probably going to be that determining factor. Yeah. Okay, so let's time machine back to baby Megan. To baby Megan. I like to call her baby (laughs) Megan. We can maybe pop a picture up of baby Megan and baby Mason over us right now if we remember. Yes. And what was your, like, just go from day one, like your upbringing. Day one and upbringing. Then, yeah. Oh, wow. We're going deep already. Yeah. What was your yeah, no. upbringing like? Like, where are you from? You know? So I, you know, grew up most of my life in Lethbridge. And um, that's Alberta, Canada, for yeah, anyone wondering. Yeah. In Alberta, Canada. Um, I've got a couple of siblings. Um, one's five years younger than me, one's 10 years younger than me. And uh, there's that. <laughs> but I was I was very lucky to grow up with a very, very hardworking mom who I really look up to, my grandma as well. Um, my, I mean, I did have my stepdad around and everything until I was about 14, but even during that time, it was it was always my mom who was the one that was like really the strong like woman in the house. And, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have had that growing up. Now my family owned dance studios growing up. So she was a dance teacher. So I grew up in the dance world, um, danced my whole life. I was a very highly competitive dancer and then I ended up teaching dance Mm. as well. And then at some point decided that family and business just don't mix. But this was all in Alberta. Uh, so yeah. it was never outside of Alberta. Well, I actually or... lived in Vancouver for a little bit, yeah. but that was more or less after high school. But I grew up in Alberta. Yeah, so I grew up in Lethbridge and Coaldale. Coaldale is like 13 kilometers outside of Lethbridge. Small town. Small town feels. But mm-hmm. So you started teaching dance after you were... After high school. Were, were you kind of like the... Um, the coach's kid type deal? Was it like <laughs> oh that? Oh my gosh. I'm pretty it sure that's like that, why right? like a lot of people didn't like me maybe I don't know um yeah like I mean I don't know I was good though were there expectations of being the best dancer in there because your mom (laughs) ran the studio and was there special treatment around that no I don't I don't think so I think my mom 
probably wanted me to do well and mm -hmm. be good. I mean, it, there was definitely a lot of pressure at times. Because that comes up on her, like, I mean, if you're... If you're the owner of the dance studio and teaching all these kids dance, but your yeah. kid isn't good at dance. Right, you know? right. So there's probably, probably built-in pressure from that. I really loved it, though. Like, I was really passionate about <clears throat> it, but I also was good at it. Like, I, I felt like I was good at it anyway. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there was always that pressure. I think there's pressure in the dance world altogether. And, I mean, that's a whole other episode in oh, itself, yeah. the dance world. But there's that pressure of always trying to fit this mold, and you're always being judged everywhere. Um, you know, you're always looking at yourself in the mirror, you're in front of mirrors all day long, whether it's about your body, how your arm is placed, you go to competitions in front of judges, you do uh, dance routines and then you're judged and they come up and they talk to you about, you know, what, or they send you home forms too about what you did right, what you did wrong, but you're always trying to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has really molded me into who I am and why I am the way I am with a lot of things for a reason. That's where my competitiveness comes from. Um, I mean, I look at it all now and I'm grateful, but there were times where I definitely struggled. Um, and I can look back and I can kind of see the root causes of those things. Um, but being in front of mirrors all the time and always trying to impress people and be a certain way definitely rolled over into every era of my life. And even now, even now. And that's something that, you know, one of the biggest, hardest things in life, I think, is really getting past what other people think. Even now, we say like, oh, yeah, like we don't care what people think, but there's days. You still have hard days where it's like, yeah. You care what people think. Yeah. And everybody does. And if they say they don't, they're either ignoring it or lying to themselves. Or it's just like, or they really feel like they don't care, but yeah. subconsciously it's influencing all their decisions. Yes. But what ages did you dance from and to? Like, when did you really stop I and start? I started, I think, when I was like two or three. See, that's like, insane. I mean, I have pictures downstairs of me in a tutu. We can probably pop one of those up. That's dancing crazy, around though. the house. Like, it was just always a, my mom grew up dancing. Mm -hmm. It was my, like, my grandma had my mom in dance, and my mom was really good. And then having studios, um, that's all I really ever knew yeah. was, was that. And it went on until, you know, I was 20. But did you something. have a, cho do you feel like you had a choice at all? At any point, could you have stopped dancing and it would have yeah, been Yeah, and like I did. There was a year in high school, I think, that I, I had stopped couple years like grade 11 12 I went through like it's funny because back in high school I was just not the same person like I went through a really rough phase and I want to say I want to say a rough crowd <laughs> like I got into a really rough crowd for a few years and <clears throat> I yeah I don't know what to really say about that but I just wanted to try everything else outside mm -hmm. of dance was that like a issue though when you stopped for that year where they're like big yeah pressure like big just like what is she doing well, i wanted to like i played volleyball i played volleyball in grade 10 too and i mean i always wanted to do sports i never played basketball i did volleyball in high school i wanted to play soccer but there came a point where you had to quit everything for dance because it was all mm -hmm. just dance Right. I mean, I remember being in grade three and having this conversation with this girl, Carrie, I went to school with and she was in hockey and I wanted to do hockey and karate. And at that time it was like, oh, those are boy sports. 
yeah. right? Like that's kind of how people had looked at things back in the day. As a dancer, like I wanted to do gymnastics at one point. Back then it was like they're short, like it's just not the way dancers are. Yeah. So um, I definitely wanted to do like, I wanted to play hockey at one point. I wanted to do, to do karate. I wanted to, I was always friends with the boys. A lot of the time I was friends with the boys. I had a really great group of guy friends um, growing up. And I don't know. I was just competitive like them, like heavily competitive. Mm-hmm. I ran track like short distance during my school years, long jump, that stuff, high jump. But what would you say on the mental health effects of dance? Is it worth it? That's a hard question. Yeah. That's a hard question. Because obviously because it made you who you are today. That's a hard question because I have so much respect for the art and for dancers and for everything. But I look at things that I went through and I I think we just need to start educating people on stuff and making sure that there's an awareness about self-image in dance and, yeah. you know, working through those things as you're growing up through your dance years because I don't think a lot of people talk about those things. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's a lot of, like, little girls even that struggle with, you know, being the bigger girl in the dance class or not feeling confident in their bodysuit and tights. Like, that stuff I think we need to, you know, be open and, you know, do you think it with? has to be, it's just simply a change in the way they teach it is what is needed? Because I feel it, like school well, it's not needs really to be talked ta- about. Changed. It's not really talked about. Yeah. I don't think there's even conversation around that, you know? And I think that there is a way to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. I think that comes down to like parents and stuff though, and having those conversations with their kids Yeah. and, you know, talking about that. Now, is on a business level, is there a opportunity to like start a dance studio that's fully centered around good mental health? Like, is I that think, such a big any, problem? I think any dance studios can do that. Yeah, I would think. But to start one that has the focus of like, I think that can be implemented. I don't think it would yeah. have to be a brand new. Okay, thing. and then what? One other question I had about this is like, you see all the plus size stuff coming yes. up, and the plus size Ooh. moving into. Like, I, you go into a Calvin Klein store, and all the Calvin Klein models are minor technical Focusing. difficulties. First one, we're good. We're good. So, with the whole plus size thing, I walk into a Calvin Klein store, and I look at all the advertisements, and two things I notice. They're all different races, and they're all different mm-hmm. body types. Yeah. Now, is there, like, acceptance of those body types in dance? Because I yeah. feel like TikTok is popularizing bigger people dancing like I see it all the time so I'm gonna go back for a second because I was not always the teeny tiny one so I dealt with a lot of eating issues my entire life um and there was times where I was absolutely tiny but then a little bit bigger and it's taken me however many years it wasn't until my mid-20s where I actually figured out the where that relation came from and why that was and so what you don't <laughs> nothing i'm get trying to think of i'm trying part? no i do absolutely i'm just trying to think of how to how to say that um so i i do think that there is a place for all body types i do 
do I personally feel that it should be promoted as a healthy thing and how a good thing? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, all races, absolutely, absolutely. I think that that's amazing, oh, yeah, and that we need to see more of that. Really but when it comes on. to different sizes, I do think that people should be comfortable in their own skin, and I know that's what they're getting at with those. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think that we should be, you know, promoting obesity yeah. in the world at all because that's people die from obesity every yeah. day. That's not a good thing, no. right? Like yeah. you, we need to focus more on health and healthy ways, right? Like there's a reason that people do get that big. And I've been, you know, in that place where I had an eating disorder that was, I'd, I'd not eat for how, however long, but then I'd binge eat and then I'd get sick. And then yeah. by, right, it was a constant push and pull of that body image, but there's a healthy way to get to, you know, to be a healthy human being. Yeah, There's so, been like a couple different yeah. Twitter videos going viral of like yeah. these very very obese people yeah talking about how they got there and saying like yeah i got three months to live now like yeah well, those and that, have went and that's, crazy viral and that's in the last scary weeks. though that's scary and i think with you know little girls and stuff too you know if they are if you are really really above the weight that's a parenting thing but then as well does that come down to an affordability thing yeah. with how well you can eat so mm-hmm. i'm really divided with the with that but i don't think that the world should be promoting obesity yeah the thing with the uh like cost thing i don't understand it because all the money that you did spend on the bad food spend the same amount on the healthy food but you don't you'll get, get much less. you might not be Exa- able no, to no but, but exactly that's you need to eat less but it's just not affordable with the economy right now for people that are you know single working single income families even to mm-hmm. be going and getting groceries. I mean, you pay nine ninety nine for a pint of raspberries or yeah. whatever, right? Like I, there is that affordability thing, whereas they can go to McDonald's and eat for super yeah. free, right? So, or super free, super free. I wish McDonald's was actually free. No, you don't. That would destroy no, the world, don't. honestly. Um, you don't. But okay, then, so I wanted to get in more because we covered like the dance thing, but you've yeah. had like this in my opinion, epic arc, like in Thank your you. story, it's <laughs> like, because you're an MMA fighter and you know how to MMA okay. fight, you've had real fights. So here's the thing though, I don't identify myself as an MMA fighter. Why is it in your bio? Because I train MMA and I've had a few fights. <laughs> what? And I love it and I'm super passionate about it, but... You don't want the pressures of like, oh, she is an MMA fighter. Yeah, when's well, her I next just fight? don't want. Pe- yeah, exactly yeah. that. Even though I'd love to have one more fight. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. So, but you've went like, you you mentioned like wanting to play hockey and karate yeah. and all this. Maybe that's yeah. where I went through one year like grade four. I was such a tomboy, grade three, grade four. Yeah. And now it's so funny. I'm pretty high maintenance now. I think. <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> For the most part. Yeah. No, um, but I still get in a cage. So with this whole MMA thing, so I've always had a love for fitness. And that kind of came after dance. Um, you know, after I started doing CrossFit, you know, to lose weight or whatever. I started doing CrossFit. I love CrossFit, but I did not love what it was doing to my body. Mm-hmm. I did not love that 
big masculine. I just didn't. So I just started doing one-on-one training um, at gyms, doing personal training, stuff like that. But then I wanted to do like a fitness show, a body fitness show. Well, lo and behold, the connection between fitness shows and eating disorders. And that was not a great thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, so then I started using a weight room after I had Jet at the MMA gym just because it was cheap. It was like $24 a month or whatever. Um, and I got a key fob and could go in there anytime. And the trainer I was working with at the time, she did some um, sessions out of there. So we used that gym. So I went there and I was going, I was looking at these people doing boxing and kickboxing and these classes and jujitsu and rolling around sweaty with each other. And I just remember going like, ew, like you should not do that. <laughs> like girls should not be doing that. Cause I just still had the wrong thing in my head about that, about, yeah. you know, a man's sport. And I was one of those people though, that was like, girls shouldn't do that. They shouldn't get in a cage and beat each other up mm-hmm. in underwear essentially right and guys like I didn't understand the sport but then I tried a kickboxing class and I was so hooked and then I started and consistently did it and I just started like I lost weight I felt good I had energy um it took me a while to do jujitsu as well and that's a big regret of mine I wish I would have well I wish I would have done both sooner but I wish I would have done jujitsu sooner just because of the mental change that happened when Mm. I did start that um and so yeah I just I was addicted I I mean that's like the coolest arc ever though going from a dancer to a fighter and there's obviously like one helps the other like if you're a dancer you have the footwork and stuff you can master it easier it's so interesting though seeing that change because I am not as you know I'm not a very patient person Mm -hmm. unless I'm training consistently and when I'm consistently like training, when I'm doing going to jujitsu class, going to fighter, fighter training, I'm just calm yeah. and patient, and it's just different. And I think that that's part of the sport that I just love is that you learn to trust yourself, you learn to trust that your body knows what to do in uncomfortable situations, and I love being uncomfortable. I hate being comfortable. I don't want to live comfortably in any aspect of my life. Not that I want like drama or anything, but I just want those challenges. I want to be pushed with everything I do. And I think everybody needs to or should try one week of jujitsu and just commit to like one to two weeks even. I think it's great for kids. I think it's great for adults. Like there's just so much change that happens. And I think it can be hard for little girls and stuff to want to go and try that sport, but I think that it's important on a self-defense yeah. side of things these days. Yeah, and I just feel like you're getting, you get taught so many lessons yeah. by the universe and yeah. pushed in so many ways that help you. Yeah. Because it's like, you got to remember martial arts. That's an art. Oh, right? absolutely. It is an art is. form. But you seem to be so into art because you can draw, you've done the dancing, You've done the fighting, yeah. but my prediction for the next part of your life here is that your you prediction. get into the word <laughs> art. Because like someone like Nelson Mandela, he's not talented. Well, I don't know his talents, but his main talent is speaking. Yeah. Or even dare I mention Andrew Tate? Their talent. <laughs> he Andrew Tate's talented Fire, in a lot of ways. Story. I'm just kidding. Well, he's we're talented, gonna need to talk about that. He's talented in a lot of ways, but the way they speak, and I feel like the next part of your life 
is pushing you to get into the word art a little bit more and the speaking art. And even like the fact that you went from dancing to fighting is like, in terms of people's perspective on you, probably shattered a lot of it. Like, yeah. why is that pretty face fighting, right? That's, that was their thoughts. That's but probably you did it. one of the, I wrote this on Twitter the other day. I replied to Grant Cardone's tweet, but there were so many times, like I heard, you know, my old boss say, and I hear people say, like, you're pre too pretty for that. There's another coach up in Calgary that had said that, like, he'll see me at the fights. And it's just like, oh, you're too pretty for this sport. And I think that's one thing that I love so much about MMA and being who I am. So after one of my, it was my first fight, and I finished or whatever, and I came out, and there's, you know, I walked by the doors and there was this little girl with her mom and I'll never forget what she looked like, but she came up and she said, you did so good. And she goes, I'm just allowed to stay for your fight, but I got to go now. And her mom brought her and I didn't know who they were, but that was really cool because you didn't know who they I were. I didn't know who it was. And she was just there to watch like a girl fight and she had to be like eight or nine. Like she was young. And then I had another lady at work come into my office the one day and she said, hey, like, I just want to say my daughter's going through a hard time and you inspire her so much that she sees you at the gym, but then sees you in the office wearing heels every day, total lady put together, like very girly. And she just said, like, thank you because like that you're changing how she sees things. And so that to me was very powerful. And I carry that with you know, I think with that sport, I just started late. I wish I would have started sooner and like done something in that MMA route. But I just find that so cool that you, can, you know, you, you hear there's this huge thing with feminism right now out there, right? Yeah. And, and you can do both. You can do a sport that is dirty and that you get bloody and mm. that is mean and where you fight with the guys at training and then wear heels and a blazer and get yourself dressed up and look like a fucking lady. Yeah. Excuse my language. No, this is but but you raw stuff. that's something that you know, I see people on social media right now talking about like, oh, you need to, you know, for a man to love you, you need to be a woman who wants to have kids, who wants to be home and cook. Sure, maybe, you know, but you can still do a guy's sport and not be a tomboy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry, I got off track. You were talking about Ma Ma <laughs> Mandela <laughs> and the art. <laughs> no, I, I just realized that this like speech is an art too and public speaking and even that's in the form of content creation now because <laughs> if usually you know if you're doing a public if you're doing a speech or something there's people in the room you know that's we're talking to rooms of thousands of people without even knowing it like you know, we're that's in been people's one of living rooms biggest fears has been public speaking yeah but now you do it through a phone yeah. my grandma would be so disappointed because she does so much public speaking and if she knew that that was one of my fears, my mom said that to me one time. She's like, if your grandma knew that, she'd be disappointed. But yeah, TikTok really helped with that, I think. But that was yeah. one of the reasons I committed to doing 30 days on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So let's rewind yeah. though, because we're kind of like in Jumping the fighting era. The but you're also, you're fighting and you're doing MMA, but you're in 
a corporate office too, but now I you're was. not in the corporate office. No, I worked in a corporate office for a long time in auto actually. So I was in the business office. So um, worked really closely with the banks and basically all the paperwork that came through the dealership, whether it was like financing, leasing, cash sales, all of that, I did that. Um, and I was always in customer service too. So growing up, I did, um, like I always waitressed on the side. I worked at TD Bank for some time, Lululemon. My first job ever was at McDonald's. <laughs> so I was always in customer service. And then I didn't go to university, didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, I got really lucky getting into the finance office when I did and how I did and uh, did really well there. And I love loved it. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, we were just so quiet and that was it. So what did you do? <laughs> Cause you made another big shift I in your life. I did make a big shift. I did make a big shift. So when the pandemic hit, I actually took some time off and I was at home with jet because schools were closed and we did a lot on his own channels and then he didn't really want to do that anymore. So, like, I've always been creative in that I've always loved creating. Like you said, it. there's been drawing. There's been, like, I, I grew up in the theater world, dance world, all of that. But I've always loved creating. And I was talking to the person that was working on my knee because I blew that out. And Can you tell that story sometime, too? About my knee? Yeah. We don't yeah. have to get into it now. We but... absolutely can. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we absolutely can. So, okay, what happened before we get into how you... <laughs> Do we need to restart this podcast? No, just what... Because that's a fighting injury. Yeah, what happened there? I I got really depressed. I From got your really knee? depressed. Well, around that time, I was going through a really, really hard time. But what happened to a your really knee? A really hard time. I blew it out completely. Completely blew it out. So, yeah, I was going through a hard time and I stopped eating again. And I was training, and I had a fight in two weeks. I think it was against Lu- it was planned against Lupita Godinez, who's now in the UFC. Who, what, I'm excited she fights tomorrow, actually. So I'm really excited for that fight. But I stopped eating, and I was still training. There was a tournament, um, a jujitsu tournament, and everything that day was telling me not to go. This is like where it comes into trust your instincts. Your instincts are always right, by the way. As a Pisces, I will say that. But I went and everything was telling me not to go. Jet didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. But then our coach messaged the group chat, I remember. And he goes, hey, where are all the fighters at? Everyone from Calgary's down. And I just, out of the, like, almost there. Text, almost there. So I went and I went to do it. I was warming up. And same thing. I was like, I shouldn't be here today. Like, something's not right. 30 seconds into my round, a girl that actually trains at our gym and me, I went to throw her, so like an uchimata, on the leg that I was not my strongest leg. I usually throw people on my right side. Went to throw on my left side, and she defended. I threw her wrong, and it snapped. And I hit the ground, and I just remember yelling. (laughs) And that was that. So it was a full patellar dislocation. I had so much tedious tearing in there and impact fractures that they weren't going to do surgery. So I was in a full leg brace for however long. Just, it was not a good time. <sighs> yeah. Why, how'd we get onto my injury? Well, because <laughs> we were talking about the person who was working on your leg. Oh, right. So anyway, 
went and we were talking about XRP actually. It had come up and he's like, you explain this very, very well. You explain this very, very well. And I was like, okay. He said, you should post something on this around, like do content on this or whatever. And I was like, ah, maybe. And then out of nowhere, I was like, you know what? I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone. I'm going to do 30 days and I'm just going to do it. I'm going to oh, commit content. to 30 days on TikTok. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and see what happens, see where it goes. Which for anyone listening, like doing that is an extremely yeah. powerful thing. Yeah. The thing that I notice with people who come to us or come to me and say, like, I'm having no success making videos. How many videos have you posted? <laughs> 12? Yeah. 30 even? Yeah. Like yeah. even just 30. I would do, yeah. I would commit to like 100 yeah. days. It's hard. Yeah. But come back to us when you've posted 100 videos and yes. tell me you don't have results. It's impossible. You right? will. During that, even the 30 days or the 100 days, during that, you will hit a video yeah. that has a has an encouraging yeah. amount of views. Like something will have, did you, like during that 30 days, did any video get an amount of views where you're like, whoa. No. No? Not that I, not that really stands out to be honest. But I like just how kept much were going. you getting? Probably I, oh, like, there were some in like the thousands Maybe, though. I don't, not, nothing huge during that time, I don't think. But in like the 2,000, 4,000? I can't remember. There had to be. <laughs> I can't there had to be something I don't know. like that. I don't but that's know. usually what happens is somebody gets mm -hmm. like hits one and it hits like five thousand and yeah. you're like, whoa, like I can actually do this. Yeah. But you committed to thirty days. Thirty days of just And what type of videos were it was you making? Crypto crypto content. I started with crypto content. And I had a really hard time when I first got into crypto finding educational content where I understood it. Where I understood it. Because so many people like they've had their audience and their audience has grown with them. Yeah. So to find that original content that was really broken down in a way that I understood it, I'm street smart. I'm not book smart. <laughs> like everything that I have learned, I've had to teach myself. Yeah. And it's taken some time with some of this stuff because I'm not into technology. I could barely fix a printer. You know that. <laughs> like you the know, thing is terrible with, with the thing technology. with learning crypto too though is like, okay, yeah. you find an original video that's like starting from base level. Yeah. You watch the video, but like a minute into it, yeah. there's some kind of term that's being thrown at yeah. you that you got to watch another explainer yeah. video on. And then that one has terms and you got to watch another yes. explainer. It's just so hard and there needs to be a streamlined like initiation course almost where people can go through before they can even interact with the market. Yeah. And that's a whole another topic we can talk about. Totally. But you couldn't find I, like well, when proper I first... education. When I first heard about crypto, it was quite a while back before I got into crypto myself. Um, and this friend of mine had said, hey, put everything you have into Bitcoin. Trust me on this. Just do it. He was a gambler. So, of course, I started to look into Bitcoin. And everywhere you look and Google, it's a scam. Like, everybody hey, thought yeah. it was a scam at that time. So, I said, oh, hell no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. And... Then a few years later, I saw Bitcoin on the news at the dealership when I walked by and I saw whatever that price was. And I went, you've got to be kidding me. That's like, so I would how it be happens so rich. for so I, people. I literally went to my office and I just started like <laughs> looking it up. And the thing with me is when I am passionate about something or I want to learn something, I become obsessed. Like Go I become in. obsessed about whatever it is. I can't do anything half-assed. And if I do, I'm not going to do it for very long, mm -hmm. right? Like, that's why I don't golf. 
Why do you not Because I'm not good at, at it. And I don't, like, want to put everything I have but into that. But your first punch in MMA, you weren't throwing a perfect punch. I picked it up very fast. Because so you my coordination with dance. So you tend to only stay to things that you are, are good naturally at. good at. Yeah, and I thrive off that. Like, if I'm good at something, I thrive off of it and I run with that. Like, if I'm not doing great at something, I usually don't want to do that. That's <laughs> what? Is that bad? No, that's super interesting. That I feel bad? like people might relate to that. But yeah. that's also like a safe, you're on the safe side. Like, you're not taking necessarily the risky routes. No, but, but I have to do very, very well at everything. Like, I can't be mediocre. And I yeah. think that would be one of my biggest regrets in life at the end of my life is looking back and looking and seeing that I did mediocre but I will say that this comes from dance yeah and that competitiveness and having that like I want to be the best at whatever I take on yeah it's a blessing and a curse at the same time yeah like I am so hard on myself about every little thing it is never good enough but I'm getting better I yeah. am getting better, but I do not want to do mediocre, and I will not do mediocre, and that's mm -hmm. what makes me good, and I'm curious about what I'm doing. Like, mm -hmm. I want to learn. I want to sit up at night with you. I want to talk about crypto. Yeah. I want, right? Yeah. So, 30 days of content. 30 days of content. And you're still making content, so and I'm something still making worked. content. Something worked with yeah. that strategy of, let me just do 30 days and commit yeah. to 30 days. Something yeah. worked. Something you kept worked. going. And now you've, th you've had success yeah. building an, a real audience that listens to you and likes your videos. Yeah. I and think how that's big what is that audience? Um, I think we just hit 115 point something K on TikTok. We just hit 11.3 on Instagram, 14.6 mm -hmm. on Twitter, 14.5 on Twitter. So it's growing significantly. Yeah. And um, anyone who's ever hit 100K <laughs> on TikTok or had multiple accounts do that, you know that when you hit the 100K, it's a snowball. Yeah. And that's why you've, you've rolled so mm -hmm. far over 100K. It's yeah. pretty kind of rare to find somebody who's just yeah. chilling at 100K yeah. and stuck. Like, that is the real snowball, and you, you've got that now. And, I mean, yeah, something worked there in the beginning of your content creation, because how long have you been doing it now for? So, I started in June, I believe, of was it 2021 yeah, yeah 21 2021 mm -hmm. so we first talked around july 2021 so it was mm -hmm. around that time yeah <clears throat> that i was doing that but um yeah who's calling I, i'm you sorry the i'm podcast? sorry it might be uh the air conditioning place because <laughs> i've got our air ducts getting cleaned well, tell out. them the gold pot is rolling <laughs> i cannot get back you know here. i am actually going to put this on do not disturb it's like there the one go. time it's not on do not disturb but anyway so um, back to the content you've content amassed creation. a mega audience yeah. here and then i'm you know i find this hard and i find this to be a bit of a struggle even now like i'm just passionate about so much like i love the beauty side and fashion and i mean that's why i started sketching high-end fashion because i love the fashion world and that sort of world um so like creating and then I love the travel content and creating content around travel and stuff mm -hmm. like we do on Life of Megson, right? But then the Meg BZK brand has really just been like crypto web three NFTs. So something here's I'm so a, passionate about. Here's a question though about those all those avenues. If you could reallocate oh. your following to a different avenue, yeah. like do you have regrets 
now that you've had success and meg like a mm. mega traffic in one area, mm-hmm. do you have? Would you put all that onto a different thing? Like, would you have rather had a hundred k on TikTok off of travel content? Mm. So that's a really good question, but. The thing is, is there was an opportunity for females in the crypto space. Um, I've always worked in a man's world, right? Where it used to be a man's world in the auto industry and MMA. Like I've always been around that. And there was just, there was an opportunity in crypto finance NFTs and I loved it. I was curious about it and I wanted to be a voice for those newbies coming into the space because there is so much opportunity in crypto. There's a lot of potential, but a lot of people don't understand it. And I feel like a lot of people are going to miss out on crypto, even yeah. though it is still in a very volatile, unknown space. But there's a lot of people that will miss out. And I want people to have that opportunity. Like I did leave my full-time job and jump the gun yeah. to just create content and to do crypto and be in crypto. Um, and I mean, I went from a job where I made really good money <clears throat> as a single mom at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And to leave that and come into this space, like I had to basically replace that income. Yeah. So there is opportunity here and I wouldn't go back and change it, but I would go back and incorporate more of my everyday life into my TikTok so that people got to know me as Megan mm-hmm. and Meg better, like just as much as they know Meg BZK, like, oh, it's just crypto news. It's crypto yeah. education stuff. Like I want to know about that like i i would like to go and this is the whole reason why i keep (laughs) shilling a personal because arguably meg bzk is not a personal brand but it doesn't have the crypto name in it so it's not stuck to that that's interesting tied to that right that's where it's different but the thing is the clips from this podcast by the way follow the podcast or the uh clips channel as well you'll get smaller clips uh and shorts as well the thing is (laughs) Where are the clips of you and the gems you drop in other <laughs> niches going to go from this? Right. For me, I'm already set up with that. I think I'm going to, like, I don't care on my Instagram because that's under my name. I'm going to post, like, yeah. non-crypto. I'll like, probably you'll get have a lot another of TikTok for that, maybe. Most and likely. <laughs> my my recommendation for that will be to go under your real name. name. You don't have to. We'll see, guys. We'll see what happens. We'll see. That's a frustrating thing about TikTok is that it is so niche down. But I have seen the odd person that has done very well by expanding across like multiple niches on a single one, but it's very hard to come by. Well, it's you're going to watch me do by. it and I'm going to watch <laughs> you do it. So, okay, so you wouldn't would you reallocate your following though? Like would you take 50,000 of those followers and drop it to a travel account? What do you mean realloc why reallocate it? If you why not had just the chance. throw it? Okay, so you would it. just choose to grow and keep yeah, your... Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. That's probably know. the right decision. And I think if, you know, I do change my content, I think the people that do like me for me or, you know, want to know me for other stuff as well, they'll stick around. And if those that don't, then they then they don't. You can't worry about that stuff. So being someone who's got a large audience, over 100,000 total, what's your three tips for someone who's at 1,000 right now and, and just, like, trying? Keep going post consistency so all the just the classic don't worry about what people say about you Mm -hmm. you're gonna struggle with that at some time i'm grateful that i have you through this journey because if i didn't 
like I know that when I came into your life too, like you were struggling a little bit with that, right? Yeah. Comments and stuff. Like everybody goes through that, but we're lucky because we have each other and we we both get it. Mm-hmm. We both understand that that's going to be that way sometimes, right? So I mean, if you do have a good support system, I think that that's important for creating content, but yeah. you have to look past what other people think of you as much as you can. You need to stay consistent and you need to post and research and you know don't talk oh this is a good one don't talk about the things that you don't know anything about if you are honest with your audience and they ask you a question even on a live say you'll come back with the answer because it's a learning opportunity for you too right there's nothing more that I dislike than people that are talking about bs they don't know anything about if you don't know about it go learn it and then talk about it yeah Right? Treat it like customer service, too. And um, also that, that like, whole thing just helps with blowing up, too, of, like, learn with me. Like, this is a journey yes. that we're both on, the audience member and the and the creator. If if you continue to affirm that you're both on the same journey, on the same level, like, nobody's a master at this stuff. Yeah. Just keep yeah. – that's a great tip right there. But that's, I think, what keeps me going so much in crypto, too, is it's always changing – there's always new information going out. There's yeah. so much to keep up on. I work best and I love what I'm doing when I'm absolutely crazy busy taking everything on at once. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another downfall, like another blessing and a blessing curse. And a curse. <clears throat> but <clears throat> there's so much to learn in this space. But just, you know, take however much time a day. It can be 10 minutes and just read something new. And don't move on until you understand it. Like, what is blockchain? It's hard to understand. It's very hard to understand. Learn and just really try and grasp it before moving on to smart contracts. Like, something else, right? So, this... We're kind of caught up to where you are at right now, right? I think so. Caught up to (laughs) the current era of Meg VZK. Yeah. It's hard to define eras, though. No, there's clear it, errors in your life, I do think. Do you think so? Oh, yeah. You just need to be able to admit them to yourself yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Like, and in- the power of eras is just like, we recently went to the Taylor Swift eras <laughs> tour concert in Phoenix. Did you love it? Yeah, mind yeah. blown. Are you a Swifty now? I am a Swifty. The Are thing you... with me and Taylor Swift. Should we tell everyone that you wore your Taylor Swift shirt yesterday and I we did. were singing the Midnight's album while we were cleaning? Yeah. Yeah. It's he The did. Midnight's <laughs> is my favorite Taylor Swift album. But the thing is, I have never liked Taylor Swift before. I've thought she was the most shallow, surface-level <gasps> pop star that he there is. He was judging somebody he doesn't didn't know or totally. get to know. But when we <laughs> got when we were gonna go, like I knew we were gonna go to a Taylor Swift concert. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be an opportunity to. I've never seen a female artist in concert ever, even. But. To see a pop star on her level, that's what I was excited about. I didn't care that it was Taylor Swift, but once (laughs) I went there, I did care. Oh, she is different. That was amazing. She is different. But then watching, we watched some of her interviews and all that stuff. But the power of eras, like her eras are clear and she's aware of them. And and it makes her super powerful because like as as her, as an artist, she can like morph into whoever she wants, wants to, be. to be for and that create. album. Like no, you're the, right. You're yeah. right. Absolutely. So at, the more you can like really think about your own life in eras, mm-hmm. the more powerful 
I think everyone yeah. will be. Yeah. But if you can admit these eras to yourself. No, you're of right. Like, now that you've said that, absolutely. Yeah. And there's like larger eras. Like it's almost, it almost might be a helpful exercise for people listening to try and go and define your eras on a piece of paper. Like that's draw a, it that up. That is a good exercise, Right, like actually. before you had Jet. That's an yeah. era. Well, high he school starts was a new an era. era in your life. High school is an era. Yeah, but like, to draw yeah. out all that will really mm -hmm. help someone, I think, understand their life. Yeah. And then just like, what, what story are you going to write yeah. on the other half of this new era? Absolutely. I think, yeah. I think you're in a very <laughs> interesting era because you're taking on, speaking on topics that you, you've expressed to me that you have worry about. A yeah. little bit of like, you've never spoken out. You've always been known as like. Yeah, I've tweeted a few things recently, like more politically and about different things. But I think that's something where you push me is to. <laughs> I didn't step... make you a Trump supporter. <laughs> I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a, supporter I am a I'm good not a person Biden supportive supporter. and it looks like we're failing on <laughs> all world leaders on that side of the things but no you push me to get out of my comfort zone in that sense and to just you know talk about things that are maybe more taboo to yeah. the regular citizen yeah. like perfect citizen how we should be listening to our government that kind of thing and I'm still learning like I'll post something and then I'll delete it because I'll get fearful of what other people think but I think that's somewhere where I'm you know Again, I was never like I wish I would have paid attention in social studies a Me lot too, more now. because I'm so interested in politics right now just because it's in our face all the time. Yeah. So again, I'm reading a lot about this political stuff and the the finance world regarding the banking issues and I'm so intrigued and interested, but it's a really big deal and it's important and I now see why some people are so passionate about politics. Like they do matter. And, you know, I look at Jet and his friends and stuff and like, this is our kids world. So we need to start doing what we can, especially with an audience. I think it's important to do what you can to, you know, have some sort of impact in that positive direction. Mm -hmm. Right. Even though on Twitter, that's maybe not the best place because some of the time it is just random thoughts that, you know, maybe shouldn't be posted. <laughs> but no, it's ultimately like the this is our kids' future, and um, it's their world. And if we want them to have a world, then stuff needs to be changed yeah. and done. And that's a little bit about like what the point Elon makes uh, with I think it's called geriocracy, mm -hmm. where the leaders of the world are so out of touch, yeah, based off their age. Yes. They are not of the even your generation, yeah, or even my like like Biden is whatever like seventy something, right? Trump is 70-something. Biden in his 80s? I don't know. I have know. <laughs> no idea. But what Elon Musk talks about with the geriocracy, I think it's called that. I might sound stupid. Something with Jerry. I don't know why. 80. But he's 80. Biden is 80. <laughs> he's 80. So you just cannot, like, you just can't make a great world for the new generation being yeah. that age. Yeah. And, and I, I think th it's, like, so important that we get some young leaders in there. Having like, Jed, I think I care about that so much because... We're in such a different time than when I grew up as well now. Like, stuff was pretty by the book. And, okay, Mom, I'm sorry I'm saying this, but I didn't see school. Like, I'm not pro-university, pro-school. Like, do your math, your English, maybe social, unless why you want to Why is math important? Yeah. To be able to do, like, basic math. 
Why? <laughs> Why? I have a calculator in my pocket. You know what? You're so right. But to understand like the basic concepts of math, like what is division, even like that yeah. elementary school math, anything past grade eight, nine. Yeah, you still I need know. to know which button to click on the calculator. Yeah. So you, to there an extent, go. you need to know how to it works. use your calculator and like stuff. Like in division, right? you need to know that one yeah. number goes under the other. Yeah. Number. But I am more life experience for kids. So again, that came from the pandemic and having that time at home with Jet, I was going, okay, he's sitting in school for eight hours a day doing what? And this was grade one, two, one or two, right? Like he was young and I get mm. for the social aspect, but there are sports and stuff for that too. Yeah. So I'm really like, if you can homeschool your kids and you have the patience to homeschool your kids, like why not yeah. give them life experience because life is short. Yeah. And you know, you, I want Jet to be able to see the world and to do really cool things around the world. Mm -hmm. And I hope that other people have the opportunity to do that with their kids yeah. too. Because the world could be gone. Like, yeah. we, we don't know with what's going on out there right now mm -hmm. how much longer this place even exists. So and it's it, something I'm super passionate about. Yeah. On the topic of education too, like, the... In my opinion, the number one, like, best business bet to make right now is that traditional education is about to shift massively. Because yeah. why do I need to go mm -hmm. to college to learn business where the professor doesn't run a business? He's a professor. Experience. When I can, experience. Buy, when I can buy Kevin O'Leary's mm -hmm. new mastermind course for $2,000 instead of getting 20000 in debt, I can go buy Kevin O'Leary, a real <laughs> multi bazillionaire right who's kevin o'leary's a whole different do we, topic do we want kevin o'leary to teach i'm just kidding kevin <laughs> kevin to teach business yeah absolutely but that's the thing and that's i take that from my own experience because i was a bad student so i look at my experience through doing customer service and trying different jobs and finding out what it was that i really liked and was passionate about and even same with dancing like should you be teaching dance if you haven't grown up dancing your whole life no no no, <laughs> no. Should, don't, your, should your personal trainer be obese no uh, no no, no you're right? right it's this it's like the same concept but the thing is like i love like two things i think are going to trend really hard and be able you're going to be able to make a lot of money if you capitalize on them online schooling yes. slash online courses that are independent of real traditional school organizations yeah i'm talking teachable courses yeah Kajabi courses, all that, that's going to trend. And the second thing is individual billionaires or multimillionaires or really smart people creating their own academy. Kanye West has Donda Academy, which recently got sued for <laughs> serving only sushi to the kids for lunch. So they got sued for spending $10,000 a month on sushi. Someone... That's the best lunch ever. I love that. Another example of this is Elon Musk has his school called uh, Ad Astra, where he puts his kids through his own schooling program, mm -hmm. separate from traditional education. So two biggest, the two biggest bets, like on big trending over the next 10 years, mm -hmm. people are going to realize, especially with Corona and all that, it made people force, force them to not even show up to the school. Now they're online schooling, right? So online schooling, individual academies and like, courses it's I gonna think trend hard still that you know we're still we still have that generation around though that believes that you know their kid is destined to be a lawyer maybe they have lawyers in the household though and maybe then that's different but I know 
you know, there is that older generation who just believes in the book yeah. for school. And we do need to give our kids opportunity, though, and give them that education up until that point where they can decide or they want to decide. Like, if you, like, what if they do want to be a doctor or a lawyer? You need to give them the proper education yeah. up until that point, right? Yeah. Oh, until yeah. they're able to decide. And those but... things I don't think will ever change. <laughs> yeah. What will change is there will be courses on how to be like a, mm -hmm. a Reiki healer or like a, a herbologist or whatever. Yeah. Like untraditional medicine yes and stuff like that is going to trend too because when you get ai in the mix there's there, there needs to be a course on how to write ai prompts <laughs> absolutely literally there has to be a course on all yeah. all of that leaves kids, room for kids though these days too they're so much smarter than yeah. when we were growing up even just because of the technology at hand yeah. so a lot of that ai stuff yeah. They're really going to have think, access to. Yeah. I don't think, like, all the kids being born right now are, like, naturally smarter in any way. They are the exact same as any baby born in oh, 1960. Absolutely. It really is, like, the main cause is the internet and being exposed to all information. Again, a touch blessing of and a curse. A blessing oh, yeah. and a curse. Has created so many horrible things and so many... So many curses have came out of the internet, but so many. I would argue, like, the internet is 100% net positive or net negative. What do you think? The internet, think is it an overall positive? I do. I think it's an overall positive. I mean, I look at my, like, us and how we've taught ourselves everything yeah. we want to know about what we want to do. Yeah. But for kids, I just think, you know, parents are in a really hard place for mm -hmm. monitoring what comes across their screens and that's going to be a hot debate until oh yeah something sorted out and i know i struggle with that with jet too but i do still think that it's a positive a net mm -hmm. positive okay should we do some rapid fire on you on me rapid or do you want to leave questions? that we can do rapid fire do you want to leave that till we're done your questions are we going to do my questions do you want to do your questions i want to yeah whatever okay <laughs> no i just don't I know how no. long this is and stuff what but i guess it's a podcast we're at an so. hour yeah well, let's, let's keep, keep going. going okay and then but i want to do my rapid fire questions to sure. end off that whole question and interrogation fire. of you so i wrote down some uh rapid fire questions here let me bring them up they're in my email because i emailed them to myself and then uh -oh. i also have an overrated or underrated section as well where you're gonna oh, have to wow. answer okay but these the, these first ones are three other questions that are long form. So this okay, is not rapid fire. Imagine yourself in three years. What do you hope will be different about you than compared to now? Be different about me? What do you hope will be different? I hope I'm a lot more knowledgeable about, you know, different topics. And I want to keep learning and growing. Um, I want to keep building and I want to have Inspired even more people, a lot mm -hmm. of people. Um, but what would be different? That's a hard thing to answer because if I wanted it to be different, then I would have made that change. If there was something that I didn't like, then yeah. I'd make that change. Wow. You're kind of killing. But the I question, hope that yeah. I evolve and you know just learn and stay curious and keep growing. Do you want to be more numb to haters? Yes. Yeah. I do want to be numb to haters. It's hard because 
I have a perspective that everyone is the way they are for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like if they're saying something, that's because that's how they were treated when they grew up. Like I look at, you know, two people and I can see, okay, they're that way because their dad was that way. Okay, they were that well he was that way because his dad was that way like it's just through generation and a lot of people will never realize that in their lifetime that they are the way they are for a reason so does Mm -hmm. that person know that they're leaving that nasty comment or that that could hit somebody else a different way probably not probably not but Um, those that absolutely is not an no it is not an excuse the same as no it's not an excuse i think that's a huge message being pushed forward right now though is to not be don't not follow your parents yeah. path yeah. it's a huge message yeah. to like veer off individually yeah. and actually if you genuinely if your dad's a lawyer and you want to be a freaking lawyer like genuinely there's so many people that are just like 90 percent of people in college are just lost souls but do you know they're where just that comes... roaming around they don't actually know what they you know people are telling them go to college like their parents are telling them oh you want a high-paying job and they're just lost they don't actually genuinely want to do what they're training to do and then they get locked into a life of just sadness and like secretive sadness you know so it's just so but i think that's a massive message being pushed right now to not to just actually do what you want to do you know people it all stems from self-awareness though and the world seems to not have that maturity level or Mm -hmm. that self-awareness to take that accountability and to see that that's an issue because everyone's so busy at pointing fingers at other people and so most people out there don't know that there's even an issue. And yeah. yeah, how do we change that? And how do we make people more self-aware to like work on them? It's not our job to fix people. Yeah, but you, what you're doing can fix people right now. Absolutely. What you just did could wake somebody up to yeah. even just saying that. Yeah. You are the way you are because your parents might yeah. have displayed something. Right. Right? But and you can't someone blame... listening to this could be like, holy, like, whoa. You can't blame them either though because they are probably that yeah. way it's just the cards you were dealt basically and just the yeah so do i wish i do i hope to become more numb to haters absolutely i think that's an obvious a given. okay then another one i wrote down what motivates you to work work so hard because you're a super hard worker yeah and obviously the whole story you just told shows that right i don't ever want jet to have to worry so i know that that's there's a, there's a few things. I mean, obviously being a mom, Jet's the number one driver. Like I want him, I want to give him somebody to look up to so he knows that you don't quit, so that you know that you work through hard times, that you can be successful, that you can do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want him to ever have to worry on the financial side of things or the, you know, feeling like he, you know, has... Can, I want him to, yeah, ultimately it's for him. Um, that's a driver. But, I mean, I think the opportunity in the space that we're in, that's obviously a huge motivation just because there is a lot of opportunity to be extremely successful financially, have freedom, have time yeah. um, by doing what it is we do. Yeah. So that's a huge driver as well. And I think helping other people is a huge driver too for um keeping me going and what i'm doing in this space okay last one that's like a long form and then the yes or no type ones what are you really good at but never want to do anymore 
what am I really good at but never want to do anything? And that this one kind of goes against what you were saying before about how you only do things that you're really good at or try to stick to those. What do you, okay, one more time. <laughs> what are you super good at? You know you're super good at it, but you never want to do it again. Uh, choreo like dance choreography probably. I don't know. Simple Is that answer? A no? That makes sense. Answer? And that shows um, that you're, you've moved on from that era of your life. Yeah. Of like you don't like want. I look you at just have no desire to do it anymore. Other things I love, like. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna trail off one thing into this. So the most, one of the biggest pieces of information or advice that I ever got from someone was my old boss at the dealership, who I have so much love and respect for. I'm the kind of person who takes everything on at once. Anything I love, anything that I'm passionate about, I want to do it all. Mm. I want to be super mom, superhero, right? I want to be super woman. <laughs> there we go. I want to, but again, not be mediocre at any of it, right? So anything I love, I want to do it. I want to be the best. Well, at that time, it was being the best employee, doing the best I could in the gym, being the best mom, being the best, like, you know, in the relationship, all of that stuff. Three pillars, Something's always going to give. So anything that I love, I'm going to just not, you know, be able to do it to the – you have to decide what's important and what's yeah. most important because there's a lot of things I love, but I know that I can't take it on to the level that I want to take it on. Mm -hmm. But as far as, like, never wanting to do it ever again, yeah, I don't – I don't know. That might not have been a good question. Yeah, I, I'm trying. Someone. Sorry, I'm trying to answer it. Okay. So that the, people okay, can. Okay, these are the fast ones. Okay. What? <laughs> Nothing. I'm trying to think about that question you asked and how I answered it and if that even makes sense. The, no, I think <laughs> the audience could have guessed. <laughs> could have guessed what your answer would have been. Is that what it would have been? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> okay, here we go with the fast lightning round. Is this just. Okay. You gotta just answer fast. Okay. I'm bad at this stuff. Thinking on okay. the spot is not my forte. <laughs> $250 million into yeah. your account. Okay. Or world peace for 15 years. For 15 years? Mason Hurry versus up. Sluice. Hurry up. Hurry up. That's hard. Hurry up. Can I buy world peace? <laughs> no. You can do peace, things with that peace money for to help 15 years. Peace for 15 yeah. years. I think so. Is there any, like, money? Okay, moving on. <laughs> Would you rather be rich and ugly or poor but beautiful? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, I'd go rich and ugly because I could then fix my face. That's so true. Yeah. Tennis or ping pong? Neither. <laughs> no, you got to say one. Tennis. Wealth or power? Wealth. Introvert or extroverted? In your opinion. In my opinion, introverted. Kylie Jenner or Kim Kardashian? Kim. Kendall or Kylie? Kylie. Makeup or no makeup? No makeup. Adidas or Puma? Adidas. Nike or Gucci? Nike. Okay, now overrated or underrated? Okay. 3D energy drinks. Overrated, underrated, or properly underrated. rated? Underrated. Underrated, I agree. They're good. Celsius energy drinks. Underrated. They're Alcohol. good, too. Overrated. Crypto. 
Underrated. Bitcoin? Underrated. Really? <laughs> it's, it's so just, These are my questions. Okay. No. Um, underrated? It's underrated in most of the world, but in the crypto world, it's overrated. MMA. What about it? Underrated. Jiu-jitsu? Underrated. Boxing? Underrated. Boxing? What do you mean? It's They're all underrated. Like, they're not still not respected That's enough true. for what these athletes do and what these athletes put themselves through. The gold pot? Underrated. Severely underrated. Severely. Podcasts in general? Underrated. Still? When you find the right ones, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, that was all the ones that, that, that I had on my thing. Awesome. All right, that concludes our first episode of the Gold Squad. Uh, sorry, the Gold Pod. I love how that rhymes with Gold Squad and Gold Pod. The Gold Pod. First episode with Meg BZK giving us some insight into her life and her career. I'm sure we'll get a bazillion more stories in the future. Uh, we have infinite time. We have infinite episodes. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of value coming through here. So make sure you're tuned in every single episode. Turn your notifications on. Uh, if you're on YouTube, drop a like, drop a comment, subscribe, all of that. Follow across all socials. I don't know when our next episode is going to be, but we're aiming for every week at least one. Maybe a, maybe a dedicated crypto episode and a regular episode every week. We have no guest lineup yet, so make sure you drop some suggestions for guests in the comments. Uh, but that is all we've got for today's episode. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Goodbye. And goodbye.